Second and victory. Under the lights in prime time at Frigid Lambeau Field, and the boys running the trap and take over the trap. Welcome back into the second Victory podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. We appreciate you listening and the support. I'm always joined by my two co-hosts, Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What is going on? What is going on? If you're listening, you wouldn't know, but we've overcome some adversity. Yeah. To get this podcast going. This, is, this has been a journey. Tonight. We're here now. We're good. Uh, good to see y'all. Hey, before we kind of get into it, um, big time for the, the 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 country at the moment. Uh, I know you guys are big soccer fans. Let's let's start with that first. Like the 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 game yesterday. Thoughts on that? Disappointing. Uh, well, see, I was okay with it because I was. I'm in the conversation. I text. I was texting back and forth with the college soccer coach. Uh, during the game, <clears throat> and he, I texted him for the game. I said, hey, you think we can come away with a win? He said, yes, but it will be tough. And I think Chris can allude to it more now, but unfortunately, USA probably would have won one to nothing if it wasn't for our boy Walker's and been taking a bad penalty in the box. Um, it was and a, I say our boy, we're Nashville SC fans, so that's what I mean, but it was not a good penalty. Yeah, it was a bad penalty, but you know the offense didn't do him any favors. Uh, one no. shot on goal. One shot on goal the entire match, and it was the one goal we scored. Uh, just disappointment all around. The offense couldn't couldn't generate any kind of uh, attack whatsoever. And you know when you put your best defender in a role that uh, he has to he has to defend one on one against one of the best That's to ever do it, it and Gareth Bale. Yeah, it's it's tough. Who do they play next? England. When? Friday. Uh, Friday. 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 PM Central. It ain't going home. Life could be worse. You could be an Argentina fan. Oh yeah. my gosh! Absolutely. Hey, I need to. I need to send it to Corey. Y'all saw that video I sent you on Instagram with people celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the real American football. Uh, let's do that because that's what we're better at, or at least me. At or least. Just real football in general. This is real football. Better, so. better. I better talk about that than the uh, the other football. Um, but we're it's, it's a big show for us. We're excited. We have a, a friend of the show on the podcast tonight. Uh, Mr. Corey James from Rally Tau Sports. Get him on Twitter at Rally underscore Tau underscore S. What's up, dude? What's going on, boys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, again, we appreciate you uh, sitting through the adversity with us as well. Love it. Uh, only, I don't know, I guess I guess you're the bad luck. I guess it's the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, oh, bad luck for the yeah. Titans. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Exactly. It's 100% <laughs> it. But, dude, we're happy to have you on, man. Glad to kind of get your uh, you know, your uh, perspective on the on the Bengals here a little bit and you know, shoot the shit with you. But kind of give our listeners some some feedback and some background on you, uh, what you know you're from, and you know your podcast that you have, and kind of you know the 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 background on that. Yeah, so born and raised in, in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, on the banks of the Ohio River, right there. Um, grew up to a, a father that was a 1980s era season ticket holder of the Cincinnati Bengals, and. My father, much like every other guy his age, claims to have been at the Freezer Bowl, the AFC Championship game against uh-huh. against the Chargers. Uh, came back, and beers were frozen by the time we sat down. You know, every guy his age claims that claims that they were there at that point. But uh, 
it's it's a it's a legend around the city, I guess. But no, so been uh, been with the Bengals since I was a kid, and it's been some rough times, but things are looking up. So uh, I'm glad to have stuck through it and and to to see this team where they are. And now I'm I'm doing a podcast with another Bengals fan, a Steelers fan, and a Browns fan. Uh, on Rally Tal Sports, and and like Austin said, you can find us on Twitter. We're on TikTok, uh, YouTube as well, just like every everybody else. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having us on. You came on uh, is you and Brett that came on uh, in the off season. Give us a little little taste on the Titans coming into the season. We appreciate that. We're a we're a small market focused podcast. Obviously, we have you know fifty percent Bengals fans, but. You know, Steelers, Browns, Steelers. I don't think they're fucking small market, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> they they get so much love and, and and all that from from the media, the referees, the list goes nope. on. But but uh, no, it, it's awesome to be on here. I'm excited for the game. We got a hell of a matchup coming up on Sunday, man. Uh, so we'll get to that later, I'm sure. No doubt, no doubt. Well, you're like your dad's freezer ball story is kind of like our uh, Music City Miracle. 100%. Oh, I was there for That's exactly yeah, where yeah, my mind went. Yeah. No, the fuck you weren't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you were like three when that happened. 80,000 80, seats in that stadium. There were yeah, exactly. you know, 400,000 people. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, let's kind of dive into it. Uh, Corey, did you watch the Titans game Thursday night? Of course. All right, cool. So, I did yeah, some I'm scouting. Scouting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about, like I'm watching anything. If it's like Panthers Falcons on Thursday night, I'm I'm gonna tune in. I may not watch yep. the entire game, but I'm gonna tune in at least. Mm-hmm. See what's happened for fantasy purposes and whatnot. Can I just um, I just want to make a comment real quick on the World Cup game. Yeah, you know, we went against a team that has the same GDP as the state of North Dakota, and the same population as the state of Montana. This is unacceptable, guys. All right, Agreed. unacceptable. Should have taken a win there for sure. Should have taken a win there. Anyway, let's get to it. <laughs> we'll, we'll blame the hometown kid for that one. Um, so, yeah, we, we always, you know, do our winners and losers from the game. And, I, guys, there's a lot of winners from Thursday night's victory. Um, and I think we got to start from QB1, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he looked amazing from the beginning of the game. Um, he went – when I just lose it up? Uh, 22 of 27, 333 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. That was a bad pick. Uh, and I know we were texting about it. And I, I think the next day I said, guys, was that Tannehill's best game as a Titan? It's hard to argue. I think it's up there. I think it's up there. I think uh, even the pick, you know, it was uh, it was just a, a, a spot where he didn't see the the safety tracking back. And um, it was uh, it was one of the most efficient games, uh, I think, of him in two-tone blue. But. You know, it uh, the offense finally clicked across the board uh, for the first time this season. Really, it was nice to see. I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Corey. Go ahead. After you. I was gonna say, like, other than maybe <clears throat> the Chiefs game in 2019, the regular season game, uh, this one's definitely up there with it. Uh, just uh, what I like to see is it was the more efficient Tannehill. One of those when he drops back, you're not scared about when he's gonna throw the ball or where he's gonna throw the ball. You assume that he's going to throw the receiver open. Would you saw there were a couple passes that night to where nobody else was going to get their hands on the ball other than whoever, wherever Ryan threw the ball. It was either going to be the receiver or it was going to be incomplete. And that's more of the 2019 Tannehill, maybe early 2020 Tannehill that you saw. And I think that's what makes a lot more Titans fans comfortable with having him back at the quarterback position. I was going to say that I think the biggest, another big winner for your, 
you know, Titans fans, especially as a guy that they've been waiting to see kind of pop off. And he did that a bit is Traylon Burks. I mean, this is a guy that I was really excited about just from a, just a, a raw fan of football, watching him come into the league. And, you know, obviously he's battled with some stuff in the early goings of his career, but um, you know, if you're going to pop off a great, great game to do it against the Packers. man. I mean, this team is that, that that's my biggest loser from this game is, God, the Packers are a bad football team. They're bad. They're very, very bad. And it's not just the defense, but I mean, the defense is pretty pedestrian at best. But never thought you'd say that, did you? Aaron, yeah, right. And Aaron, but Aaron Rodgers is is terrible. I, I it's it's so weird for that to come out of my mouth. But the, just missing wide open throws to Sammy Watkins crossing over the middle. This is something that he does in his sleep, or just kind of doing a Joe Flacco and throwing it down the sideline, looking for a pass interference call late in the game. It's just, that's just not something that you would normally see out of Aaron Rodgers, And it, and it was, it was baffling. He's done that more in the last couple of years. than I think any other quarterback in the league just chucks up and he's praying for the DPI to happen. Um, he does it quite a bit, but yeah, I'm with you. Cordes. I mean, great ball. I was going to bring it up. Uh, Burke, seven catches, 111 yards, obviously the best game of his career is kind of coming out party as a Titan. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of the key things we saw from him that um, uh, you know you kind of saw in some of his college state was his ball tracking. Yep. Uh, that first deep throw um, from from Tannehill right you know down the middle middle seam there, uh, he tracked that ball perfectly. Um, and you know I think he's probably the best on the Titans roster at that. So getting him involved and getting getting those deep passes to him is huge. I think the deep pass is what got everybody really excited. Excuse me, because I mean, you saw it on the the first really the first possession of the game. You saw it to end the game, which you never expect the Titans to just throw it out to end the game. But I agree with you, Chris. The like, if he goes over over 100 yards and it's just six yard slant routes every single time, then I mean, that's cool. But I think what excites people and shows his potential is the fact that he's able to go downfield and get the deep ball. I, I mean, two forty. Uh, he had a pair of forty plus yard catches. Um, I don't know which one I liked more, the first one or the second one. I think the second one probably just because in the in the the manner in which it happened at the end of the game. Over Jair, too. Yeah, yeah, need the big first down, and they go and get it. A play that um, – Corey, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a, it was circulated on Titans Twitter at, at least. Um, it's a play that the Packers ran last year against the Titans. It was very similar, at least, uh, in the primetime game that we had against them last year. And Mike Vrabel just used it to his advantage this time and ran the same exact play. Kind of the same situation. Uh, long pass and get the first down. So if I'm not of, mistaken, he had Burks running in the seam, coming and doing like an inside corner route. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Tannehill floated it perfect. Um, it just made it made a great ball on it and, and just put it right over his right shoulder. If I'm if I'm referring to the the same pass, but yeah, it was it was, it was a great ball, absolutely great ball. I thought I kind of saw some analysis on it. I thought that um, if it was Jair that was lined up on him initially, it, it, very very bad hip work trying to get around on that to stay next and, and Tannehill just exploited it. I mean, you, you give a guy like Burks mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a half a second, he's going to get the separation needed for a competent quarterback, which I've always said that Tannehill is. He's he is a guy that more often than not isn't going to lose you the game, at least, again, outside <laughs> perspective. You guys watch a lot more Titans football than me, but from my perspective, he's never going to lose you the game. He might not be that guy that's going to take it over like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. But I mean, look, he's got four interceptions on on the season, so yep. uh, he, he's not a guy that's just going to put it in harm's way very often. 
And it's it's funny you talk about that because that's something last year. Um, Tannehill turned the ball over more last year than he has in, in his career, um, at least when the, in a Titans uniform. So it's something we haven't talked about enough, guys, is the lack of turnover from Tannehill. He sometimes makes those dumb decisions, and he does it every once in a while like he did Thursday night. But um, I think he's a big part of why the Titans are winning games, um, just being efficient with the ball and making smart decisions. And I think, too, hopefully this is a sign to come for Burks um, and the passing attack in general. I think if 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 Traylon can it, continue to establish himself as a true number one, this offense has a chance to take off. I mean, outside of him too. Uh, let's see, uh, Robert Woods six catches, sixty nine yards. That's his best. Bobby game. Tree. That's what excites me, dude. That's what excites me. I I mean, I completely agree. It was finally good to see him get the ball because um, that has not happened. So, Todd Downing was in his bag on the field. Now, after that was a whole different story. We'll get to that. Uh, We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get to uh, that in a minute. Oh, I can't you know, wait. La- last week, uh, I, I said on, on the episode that um, they needed to take more risk yep. uh, in this offense, and they did that against the Packers. And that was that it changed the whole trajectory of the game, of the offensive game plan. Um, it was good to see, you know, not only, uh, you know, we've talked about Bobby, Bobby Trees and, and Traylon, but Austin Hooper made an incredible uh, touchdown catch in the end zone on the pass from Tannehill. Uh, and also had the touchdown from Derrick Henry too. So, uh, getting guys like Cooper and, and Robert Woods involved, and you know, and, and figuring out ways to get Traylon the ball is, is exactly how this that, offense is going to succeed. Ever since Austin Hooper was mentioned in trade talks, he's become a completely different tight end. Yeah, yeah. What well, I, I, they're just utilizing him more. Like he was yeah. always. I mean, he he always should have been there. They just haven't been giving him the ball. That's my two cents on it. Uh, another winner, Derrick Henry, looked good again um, oh, Thursday night, 87 yards, had some crucial first downs. Um, O-line played well again, but again, the passing touchdown. I love that after after the game, you guys see that where uh, he thought he had two touchdown passes. and uh, they're like, No, you have three. He's like, oh, young Peyton Manning. <laughs> young hey, Peyton Manning. I got to say, again, and I know Chris will agree with it because me and Chris have talked about it before, but again – not, I mean, not an amazing performance, but nothing horrible where you're like, why is Dylan Raiden's on the field? Again, he's just it's yeah. solid for me. It's efficient. This is your – is this a first-round draft pick out of North Dakota State? Is that where this – Second round. Second round. Second yeah. round. Yeah, Radunez or Radunez or – Raiden's. Okay. He started this game at, at left guard because they shifted Aaron Brewer over to center with Ben Jones being out. Um, and he, he was the best offensive lineman on the field for the Titans. Uh, Interesting. In that game. Uh, statistically, and uh, he's one hundred percent should be starting at left tackle. Um, why they continue Dennis to Daly's so Dennis, bad. Dennis Daly? He's I so think get it. There, there seems to be a hole every week uh, that Dylan Dylan Radens is having to fill, whether it's you know left guard, right guard, whatever it is. But uh, when everybody's healthy, he should be the starting left tackle. That's kind of invaluable experience from a rookie perspective, honestly, especially if you have him charted in to be your you know, left tackle of the future, being somebody that's going to get touches at all these different spots, if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly, but it sounds like he's playing all over the offensive line wherever there's a gap. But, I mean, if that's yeah. the case, that's that's invaluable. This is a guy that's going to be able to see a lot of different things from a lot of different you know techniques, the way that you block – uh, an interior guy such as you know a Donald is going to be different than a TJ Watt is going to be different than a DJ Reader is going to be different than a Sam Hubbard, right? So no. just getting all those different touches uh, and experience that's that's huge. 
And he, he's the guy that came in the offseason, penciled in as the right tackle, and got beat out by a rookie, uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer from Ohio State. Yeah, Raines uh, is a second year guy. Uh, oh, second, so, second year. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So at that point, we're like, oh, this guy's a bust. Go ahead and chalk it up, cut him in the offseason. But he's now been playing himself back into a potential starting spot at some point just because yeah. he's played so well in the games he's played in. So. And he um, didn't really lose the right tackle spot. MPF just straight up won it. Sure, uh, he yeah. was he was uh, he came in and just kind of took over. Uh, MPF really well. Uh, you know, he's had his rookie mistakes and stuff, but he's played really well in the position. Uh, and he's the right size. Like he's the size you want for for a right tackle too. So, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Raiden's is has played himself into into confidence. I think not only his own confidence, but I don't know how this coaching staff can't look at him and be confident in how he's playing. Uh, a couple more winners from uh, Thursday night, uh, the defense, as as uh, impressive as they've been all year. Again, uh, Titans run defense is um, only let the Packers give up 56 yards, uh, 2.9 yards per run. Um, now that the, number, the league's number one run defense with only 82 yards per game. So – Continuing in that, and then you got to get credit to that secondary guys. Um, as beat up as they've been, and guys in and out of that lineup, only allowing Rodgers to 215 yards. Yes, he had two touchdowns, but one he pretty much just caught them with the, with the pants down. Um, on that, on the one of Christian Watson, so they were both uh, to, to Watson, weren't they? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. The one, that, okay, the one where Christian Fulton had the DPI. Yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. So, shout out, shout out to Trey Avery, though, uh, undrafted rookie. Yeah. Uh, PFF's Rookie of the Week because he came in, played 20 snaps, uh, and allowed uh, negative one yard, I think, uh, on four catches, if I'm not mistaken. There are four targets. The the guy came in and absolutely just handled himself really well. So, shout out Trey Avery. I mean, they they, they did great covering the – I mean – they're not there's any not any Hall of Famers on that uh, Packers uh, wide receiving core, but still to hold those guys in check. You know the Titans are always um, able to, to let one guy go off, and that did not happen um, Thursday night. Even though Watson had two touchdowns, not, outside of that, nothing nothing really crazy. Um, all right, so let's talk about this guy for a second before we because this guy is a winner and a massive loser as well, uh, and that's Todd Downing. <laughs> First, let's give this guy flowers, okay? Because we have to. Um, Titans scored a season high 27 points against the Packers, but it's what we, it's what he did in the game. And guys, we talked about it last week, be creative, like run some things that you have not done at all this season. And he did that Thursday night, got Woods involved, made some down, down the uh, field throws to Burks twice. Um, got Hooper involved, Chig had screens to Derek. Like he did a little bit of everything in Called a phenomenal game, balanced really well. Even got creative in his bag with the the Derrick Henry jump pass. I was impressed with Downing. Yeah, uh, and and it's worth noting that they could have scored even more if they wanted to because they yeah. were in they were you know first and goal to end the game. Um, but the uh, yeah the offense came alive. Um, you know every every yard Derrick got was was well earned. Um, they they obviously stacked the box and played him well. Uh, but Downing finally uh, chose plays that took advantage of that. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that, like, the receivers also didn't step up because the guys were catching, you know, everything thrown their way and making some 
really great catches too, like like Hooper's uh, touchdown from Tannehill and those sort of plays. But um, I remember one play. I think it got called back, but uh, uh, NWI caught a, a first down kind of across the middle uh, and right through traffic. I think there were three Packers defenders around him, and he caught it and and got the first down. It, it ended up being a, a, a penalty on that play, but. Uh, those sort of things, I think, is is key. But Downing uh, called a hell of a game. It's the best game. <clears throat> I think it's the best game that he's ever called. Period. Like yeah. when he was with the Raiders, now with the Titans. Like, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, there was one, maybe two plays where you're like, Dude, what? Okay, I don't necessarily agree with that. But there were no plays like there were uh, in the Giants game and the Texans game, stuff like that, where you're like, what? Like, what in the world are you thinking? Like, no dumb plays that caught you off guard. And I, I mean, I really do. I think it's. Probably even going back to high school and college where he's coached before, it's probably the best game he's called probably maybe of his life. Like it was, it was such a good game plan, and you could tell how easy it was when the offense was on the field. Yeah, you could tell how excited he was about it too. Absolutely. Yeah, he had a he had a lot of successful drives in the game. <laughs> he was uh, he was very excited about it. Yeah, it's the, it's the yeah. one drive he could not complete. Ah, I knew that was coming. So. Let's talk about that. So, I where were y'all at? I mean, it was it was. It I was asleep. Listen, I was actually had. I was uh, up when this shit actually happened, and I was actually on the way to the airport. Ironically, so really? Thursday night, I, I got I I missed a lot of the game. I was watching on my phone, and then we went to a bar downtown. After uh, I had a friend that played at the Ryman, so oh, my, night was, cool. my night was occupied with that, doing that. But I was, you know, I was watching him, watching on my phone, watching him, and then after. Uh, there was other performers after. I was like, y'all, I'm out. I'm like, I can't watch these guys. I got to watch the game. So I went to a bar, watched it. And of course, you're at Jason Aldean's on Broadway. And it's, you know, you can't oh, listen gosh, to three Al Michaels talk. Okay. You, you, you know, <laughs> you got cover bands playing uh, Barbie Girl. So that was fun. So I'm not headed there on Saturdays. I mean, it's yeah. a good time. For you. It really is a good time. That's that's my, if you ought to pick a Broadway bar, that's probably one of them. Um, roof on the Mumbrian's a good one. There's a lot of good ones. We'll, we'll talk about that. Get you get you plugged in uh, <laughs> yeah. later. But um, I was yeah I was actually up. I had to take my walk to the airport the next morning. She had a girl trip to New York, and so I'm out on the way to the airport at three thirty in the morning. Probably as he's getting pulled over. Um, <laughs> and he got pulled over at three fifty six. So so let's kind of talk about a lot of a couple of things. Um, so he was going oh he was going hundred correct ninety six ninety six. He tells the cops that he was going that fast because of death threats. I did not see that. Yeah. Listen. That's what he said. I, yes, I believe he's been getting death threats. We, have you seen him call games the last nine weeks? I absolutely believe that. But for that to be the reason that you're driving 96 at 3.30 in the morning, I'm not Drunk. buying that excuse. Drunk. I'm not buying that excuse at all. Yeah. He wasn't getting death threats that night. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, called the game of his like, life. My my question is, <clears throat> is like the team plane landed at like two fifteen in the morning. Yeah, he was he was in Williamson County when he got pulled over. Which is, I mean, you're right there. It's not far from downtown at all. It's not far right. from the airport at all. Like. Did you just spend and two hours on the road? Did you go to a bar? Oh, I mean, like, no. you don't live far away at all. Where are you going? 
Or is there Guys, alcohol? He's the drinking plane? on the plane. He's drinking say, on, the plane. Alcohol on the plane. I think there is, but like, even if you drink on the plane, like, you land at 205. Yeah, there's at 3:56. There's something that happened. There's some kind of discrepancy. An hour and a half of what we don't know what went on. There's some kind of discrepancy in the timeline there for sure. Uh, And I also like, I mean, I don't know. Do you think if he was that drunk, where he thinks he's getting death threats and is driving 100 miles an hour, do you think anybody's going to let him get in his car and drive? Like, do you no. think Vrabel's going to let that happen? I don't think that's going to, I don't think, I think he's the type that's going to let that happen. I think we're missing a, a key point here that it's pretty likely that it wasn't just alcohol going through his system at this point. That's I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb here that says there might be some other extracurriculars that could, I don't know, maybe affect uh, the heighten the effects of alcohol, oh. maybe have a heightened sense of paranoia, etc. Oh, yeah. uh, so uh, I'm just going to throw throw that out there and, and just say, you know, maybe he was really enjoying Green Bay as well, yeah. um, as as amongst uh, amongst other things. So nice. yeah, I'm sure he was I- enjoying the win and and fucked up massively. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Which I think the next day it was almost like a uh, a stain on the win because it's like you know downing hundred percent yeah after the game of his life he just that happens you're like well fuck okay now what I saw today that the Vrabel saying that they're going to move forward with him as the offensive coordinator as well so yeah how do you guys feel about that well I, I I don't I don't necessarily hate it I mean I feel like. No. I don't. I'm not going to think any different of Todd Downing after he got a DUI. Like it, shit happens. We're human. Okay. Was it smart? Absolutely not. But like, if your job is not suspending you or firing you, then th- I mean that that thing that's their deal. Like, who am I to judge Todd Downing for what he did? Like, and it, what it is. I will say, I think when it comes down to it, you know, the NFL does handle, uh, you know, the the punishment for these situations. So. I mean, I think Vrabel is doing the right thing and that he's waiting to see what the NFL does in regards yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I do think there's a, a um, there's not a lot of even ground with how players and coaches are treated in regards to DUIs, and I think that's a problem. I think, I think coaches should be held to a higher standard uh, than a player, in all honesty. So... Uh, I do, you know, I do kind of have that issue with it. I think most players would, you know, probably be suspended uh, quickly, uh, but maybe not. So, you know, it's 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 in the league's hands, and I think that's yeah. how the the Titans front office is kind of handling it. And I think that's probably the right thing to do. Um, the plane landed at two eleven in the morning. He was pulled over and arrested at three forty nine and three fifty six in the morning. So here's what I'm going to do on Sunday morning before the Bengals-Titans game. I'm going to play the Todd Downing game, and I'm going to see how drunk I can get in roughly 90 minutes. Okay? I'm going to start, you know, we're going to start, a a good, we're going to start about 10 a.m. Central, you know, to give me a half-hour walk into Nissan. Yep. And and we're going to we're gonna cut it off at 90 minutes. We're just the Todd Downing report. Every we'll time you hear who day, take a sip. Oh fuck! Oh, fuck. <laughs> I did get a I did get a text from my buddy that uh, after all this news broke, uh, saying, you know, maybe that's why he called a good game is because he was drunk on the sideline the whole time. Oh god, uh, a little hot maybe damn. That had something to do with it. A little hot damn in the <laughs> apple cider there. Yeah, yeah. But I think too, if what more like what's the league actually investigating? 
Like you got a DUI. Like what? What, what more? They're is probably. There? I think they're investigating one, just their policy of what they're allowed to do to coaches. Two, I think they're investigating the team to see if those well. alcohol is on the plane. Okay. So if and, you're not going to suspend him for this game and at least wait until the investigation's over, at like you're going to suspend him next week, the week see, after. Like, no, the let's see. The thing now? is, is like there's a Jets coach. His name went by my head right now, but he got arrested for DUI like back in June during like OTAs and stuff. He's still not been punished, so I don't think we're going to see anything this season. If we're being honest. Okay. Yeah. Like, is it a that's fine? This is, is what I'm like, thinking. But. Is it a fine? Is it you know you're can't be part of OTAs. Like, what is it? Like, you're Maybe right. Maybe a preseason or a game or two. That's not going to hurt him at all. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully, it's not a Britt Reed type case because that would be a much different situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Good thing the cops got him first. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. But, yeah, I'm interested to see, like, if there's, like, any posters or, like, people holding up, like, Crown Royal bags at the game Sunday or something. Dude, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Corey, you're here, dude. We want to talk about the Bengals, man. That's what we're here for. To 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 talk about this and preview it. I know Chris and I and Brett all have some questions for you. Yeah. Um. So the six and four Bengals currently the seventh seed in the AFC. Uh, they're actually point and a half favorites over the Titans on Sunday. Didn't know if y'all knew that or not. So the Titans are home underdogs. I'm a degenerate. I absolutely knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Titans are Titans are home underdogs. So hammer the money line. Uh, what I'm going to be doing, but um. So through ten games, uh, for you as a Bengals fan, like what have you seen? What um, have you been disappointed with? Kind of give us your thoughts on your season so far. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, hard to not be let down after the first couple of games. Uh, you get a just a bizarre performance out of Joe Burrow, Week One, throwing four interceptions. That doesn't happen. It hasn't happened since. Uh, he's a guy that relatively takes care of the ball, um, makes good decisions. That just didn't happen. Um, mix that in with a bunch of sacks on the new offensive line that week and the next week. Um, you know, those were tough to watch. You're going up against probably the two best pass rushers in the NFL right now and TJ Watt and Micah Parsons in those first two games. Um, so a, a bit of an asterisk there, but the expectations were, were higher as they should be. You just went to the Super Bowl. You just won the AFC North. You won the AFC, obviously. Um, so the expectations are higher. Um, you know, as things have gone forward, I've felt a lot more comfortable uh, about this team. I think looking back now at those initial games, a lot of the sacks that Joe Burrow is taking, and I, and I put it that way because that's kind of a lot of what it was, is indecisiveness. And you see that, you know, coming forward with the interceptions that he's throwing. Uh, and holding on to the ball too long and not making the decisions or only wanting the deep ball that the, we all became so accustomed to seeing out of this offense last year uh, and, and taking a lot of hits because of it. Um, moving forward since then, I mean, starting with the Jets game, you saw that when this team gets out on top of somebody, they just they they put the, the their foot on their neck and don't let up. It's when this team allows another team, an inferior team, such as the Browns on Halloween, to get out in front of them that they're playing catch-up for most of the game. And they, they don't really get to execute most of their offense. Um, but when they're getting quick passes out, getting the offense in rhythm, moving quickly, getting Joe, throwing the ball quickly, and all those things, that's when they really started humming. And that and that's what you've seen out of the last, you know, 
six games out of this team is just a team that minus the Browns game, but <laughs> is a team that that has been moving on all cylinders and offense. And I'm just going to talk about the offense right now because that's what, you know, offense is sexy. It sells tickets and gets people watching everybody, you know, chicks dig touchdowns, but um, there's a, there's a whole nother side of that ball that we can get into. Honestly, I I've, I've been so impressed with Joe Burrow over the last month of watching him. I, I have him as my dark horse MVP right now. And I know that's a Homer pick, but I'm looking at stats He's completing 70% of his passes. When he has protection, he is the best in the league. It's it's a statistical fact. Um, in terms of yardage, he's top three only with Mahomes and Allen. Same with touchdowns. The guy is just dialed in right now. Um, and it's, it's just so eerily similar to last year as to where this team is at. Five and four, going into the bye. Coming out of the bye, now they're six and four going into week 12. It's literally the exact same. So, um, getting a lot of flashbacks to Burrow going, relax. You know, we're two games in. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that press conference, but Bengals start 0 2, and he's telling everybody to just calm down. There's a lot of football. There's still a lot of football. Um, you know, Titans fans are feeling that this game is massively important. Bengals fans feel the exact same way. Uh, we've got the Ravens ahead of us. And I know maybe you guys don't know what it's like to have a, com a competent team in your division, but when you have <laughs> one, when you have one, you got to keep pace with them. And so the Ravens are, are, you know, that one game out and that's, that's that head to head matchup against the Bengals. So um, it's, it's, I, I'm, I started out pretty disappointed, but as I've watched this team and I've, as I've watched them come together as a unit, specifically on the offensive line, protection has gotten better. Play calling's gotten better. Uh, the defense has been a resounding uh, model of consistency throughout the entire season so far. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I started low, but we're on the upswing for sure. So um, shifting uh, to, to a little bit behind Joe Burrow here, um, you know, I, Joe Mixon's one of my favorite running backs in the league to watch. Uh, love his game. I know he's dealing with some concussion Mm -hmm. issues right now so i don't know if we'll be seeing on sunday but uh you know some some ajp runs right behind him he had a great game uh talk to us a little bit about that that Bengals batfield yeah so joe mixon then you got some ajp Ryan, and then travion williams this is a backfield that's underrated and and obviously chris evans out of michigan he would be there but he's been dealing with he's been banged up a little bit as well but i i'm a guy that personally i i don't think there's a big drop off when you when you move down to samaje this is this is a guy that runs angry often. He's hard to bring down. He's elusively fast. He's a good pass catcher. He is their third down running back. And I think when you add that, when he is your go-to back, when he becomes your fourth down back out of necessity due to injury to Joe Mixon, that it kind of changes the offense in a way that most people aren't really prepared for because the Bengals are a kind of predictable offense on first down. They're going to line up and shotgun and hand it off to Joe Mixon. Pretty pretty regularly with Samaje there, it adds a pass blocking element. He's an excellent pass blocker in there, and he can he can catch the ball and take it as you saw he did three times to Pater uh, on Sunday. Travion is a guy that uh, elevated from the practice squad due to multiple injuries. He came up and performed well. I think when he got his opportunities, he took advantage of them. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting if Mixon isn't there, but. This offense has seen a lot of injuries over the last couple of weeks, and yet they've continued to produce. That first game without Jamar Chase was huge. 
You know, there's a big question mark on how that offense is going to operate. And you saw what happened. It, it didn't. Uh, then they go out against Carolina and lay 35 on them in the first half. Uh, and then obviously do what they did against the Steelers in the second half there. So um, it's uh, it, it's been interesting to watch this offense kind of find its way. That's for sure. And, and, the, and the running game has been a big part. I, I personally don't think there's been enough commitment to the running game uh, out of head coach Zach Taylor, who for some fucking reason decides that he is going to be the one that calls the plays, which just drives me up a wall. I cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. You got a, you got a great mind there in Callahan as offensive coordinator. Let him, let him do his job, in my opinion. But I digress. It's uh, it's been it's been an interesting interesting offensive season, and, and Joe Mixon was kind of finding his way uh, there before getting that concussion protocol. I'm not sure if there's been any developments on that as of today. Corey, you know you got probably you got uh, Jamar Chase coming back this week. If not, you've still had good looks from T. Higgins and guys like Tyler Boyd that have stepped up big time. If if Jamar Chase does come back going against this Titans defense that's been doing very, very well, what are some of the ways you think they'll look to exploit them? Is it more passes out of the backfield? Is it looking to exploit the middle of the field? What's the look for this offense now against the stronger Titans defense, more strong than what they saw last time in the playoffs? Yeah, I think the Titans defense has been great from – from one perspective, unfortunately, I think that they are obviously, as Austin alluded to earlier in the podcast, they're the best run defense in the league. They're a bottom third pass defense in the league. They give up a lot in there. And I don't know how much of that is inflated from that, that bills game earlier in the season. Uh, but we're, we're, we're 11, or excuse me, 10 games in now, boys, like statistics aren't inflated anymore. If Jamar Chase is back, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, he completely changes the way that defenses uh, have to attack this offense. Um, they've proven that they can be that T Higgins is a number one option. The guy dropped 148 yards last week. Now the Steelers defense is not the Titans defense. So let, let's be very clear about that. But both of those defenses excel in a similar way, right? Your front four is your strength. Uh, and that's, that's similar to the, to the Titans, I would think. So it, it, it's, I, I honestly, it, it's hard for me to kind of separate um, what I've watched all year long versus what I'm, I'm seeing on paper. If Jamar Chase is back, I, I am nervous if I'm a Titans fan. I mean, how would you not be? Um, especially if, if T continues to produce. Tyler Boyd is just a guy that gets no love, but he, I think he's a top three slot receiver in the league. It's just the fact that he has T Higgins and Jamar Chase on the other sides of him, just absorbing all, all of that, all of those uh, targets. So, it's uh, Bengals fans are, are excited to get him back, man. It was it was scary watching him go down. Um, but if I had to pick a time for him to go down, it would have been the softest point in the schedule when he did. Uh, so uh, hopefully he'll be back. I'm not going to yeah, let's also mention uh, oh, Christian Fulton's Christian Fulton's going to be on the injury report this week with the hamstring. So um, not having your best corner against uh, potentially. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd is pretty terrifying. I just don't see it. I don't see a knee for Jamar to come back this week. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> save, save him for the Chiefs game. Save yeah, him for, yeah, 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 for sure. He's not All right, good. all right. So another another guy we didn't even mention here that you know has absolutely absorbed the devastating loss of losing C.J. Uzama. I think Joe Burrow is just turning into a tight end maker. Is what is what's happening here and. Uh, no, no slouch to Hayden Hurst. I mean, Hayden Hurst is an excellent route runner, breaking ankles on slot corners and linebackers out there. Uh, it, it, he's been a nice, 
a nice addition to that pass core as well. Um, I got it's okay. You're going to take away the outside. I've got TB and Hayden Hurst on the inside. You're going to take away the inside and go one on one on T Higgins and Jamar Chase. All right, good luck. It's it, it's from a it's a defensive scheme nightmare. The main thing is the the only thing that anyone has been able to do to stop him is to hit Joe Burrow. That's the, that yeah. is that is the the game plan. That's it. Hit Joe Burrow. You're gonna play a soft two. You're gonna, you're gonna play a, a deep two shell to keep the top, the lid on the top, and you're gonna bring up the schemes. And the Titans defense does an excellent job of this, where they're scheming in the front and doing these twists and turns and all these different kind of stunts on the front. That can be pretty confusing. Uh, if we were facing them earlier in the season, I would be much more concerned. I'm not saying I'm not because I'm. I, I it proved we we saw what happened last year in Nashville uh, in the divisional round. Uh, they they hit Joe a lot, um, but it, it's going to be it, 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 that that that's where it's going to be won or lost, boys and girls. And, and that's nothing new. If you're a fan of football, you know that, that that's where games are decided, both sides. Yeah, the Bengals are 28th in the league in uh, in sacks allowed. Uh, so I think there's, I think there's a, you know, you gotta, you gotta put some caveats on there. I think uh, the inflated 13 from the first two weeks, I think is a, uh, is a pretty big, uh, a pretty big outlier, but nonetheless, I made the same point earlier that we've played 10 games. So outliers are out the window at this point. If we're going to, if we're going to get averages and totals here, um, very clean last week, very clean last week. Again, I think one or two, maybe two total uh, against the Steelers. Um, Drink a few vodka cranberries during that one as we were putting up Christmas decorations. So uh, <clears throat> I was feeling feeling it towards the end, but I'm pretty sure it was one or two sacks on the Bengals on last week. So they, they've cleaned it up. Uh, they have, uh, according to PFF, uh, so take that with a grain of salt, one of the best centers in the league, and uh, Ted Karras. Yeah. Ted Karras from the, uh, got him from New England in this offseason and that revamped offensive line. Honestly, uh, Ted Karras has been playing great. Cordell Volson, uh, our left guard rookie, I believe out of North Dakota State as well. Uh, he's been great in the run game and in the uh, screen pass, you know, passes to running backs, wheel routes, flat routes, stuff like that, where they're getting the offensive line out in space and blocking downfield. He's been great at that. He's been, he, he had a tough task last week against Cam Hayward, who, who made him pay once for sure and got in on Joe. Um, but Jonah Williams, been fantastic. Uh, Alex Kappa, another free agent acquisition uh, from Tampa Bay, has been great. The only guy that's really been um, kind of a, eh, a free agent acquisition has been Lyle Collins. And that was the guy that we were like, that's the most sure thing. Uh, but that's kind of been the the only thing that's like, mm, he's winning, but he's winning ugly kind of thing. Um, when he gets beat, it's bad. Uh, Michael Parsons owned him the whole time in Dallas. But if you're a fan of football and you understand how an offensive line works, it takes time. This is not, it's not a plug and play. It's not Odell Beckham signing in, in the middle of November and jumping on a team and his route tree is two different routes. Okay. I want you to run a post and I want you to run a fade. Okay. I could do that coach. That's not how an offensive line works. So um, the, the time has helped uh, the offensive scheming and play calling. What can Zach Taylor do to get the ball out of the, out of Joe's hands to build confidence in the offensive line, build some consistency. Those have all been massive steps forward throughout this season. 
So for the Titans, I, I say this, ask you my question. It's a two-part question for you. For the Titans, a guy that stepped up for the Titans this season has been uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer. A guy I talked about earlier, uh, right tackle. I think he's given up a sack at all this season. Uh, so getting that from a starting, you know, rookie right tackle is huge. And then a guy that's disappointed for the Titans this year has been Caleb Farley. Um, he's now hurt again, most likely done for the season with a herniated disc. This is a former first-round pick that has all the tools to be a all-pro cornerback and has just yet to put it together. So I say that to ask you, give me two Bengals players that have uh, one that stepped up this year and the one that's disappointed this season. That's a really good question. I think I already mentioned Lyle. I think that that's been a bit of a disappointment uh, for sure. Um, I guess if I had to put a name on a guy that's that's really stepped up, it's a guy, honestly, he's been stepping up for the last two seasons, but he's he's just now starting to get some recognition on his Jermaine Pratt. Um, this guy, our, one of our linebackers, has been absolute, an absolute stud. He's the linebacker that picked Derek Carr off uh, to seal the win. Uh, against the Raiders in the wild card game. First win for the Bengals in the playoffs in 30 years. Uh, I did cry. Um, and it was uh it was uh it was phenomenal. But no Jermaine has been a guy that is you you're why it's it's Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. The linebacking core together has been phenomenal. They are involved and they you're constantly seeing them around the ball. And when you're looking for a guy and in, in, in the motor and what they're doing one, you want it out of your edge rushers and you want it out of your linebackers. You want them near the ball on a regular basis. Look at Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit. This is a guy that has as many interceptions as Sauce Gardner. This is a guy that has as many sacks as Thibodeau and there's another rookie pass rusher in the, in the mix. He he has as much as, the, as them, those two guys combined in terms of sacks, and it's because his motor is high. He's constantly hustling around the ball. So – to see the development of that linebacking room coming from a time as a, a fan watching a Marvin Lewis era Bengals team, that was always the biggest downside of that defense. And you, you, it's counterintuitive because Marvin Lewis started as a linebackers coach, a defensive coordinator. You would think coming in that they would have developed that position, but it was always, you know, the Achilles heel of that defense leaving, you know, making guys like Todd Heap look like fucking Jerry Rice, man, just constantly getting burned by tight ends that have no business doing it. So I'd say, you know, the guys that have stepped up for sure have been have been uh, the linebacking room. Lyle, I'm a bit disappointed there. Um, I'm interested to see my the guy that I am watching to see when he will step up is second-round draft pick out of the University of Nebraska, Cam Taylor Britt. This is a guy that's going to be lined up probably probably against either Bobby or Traylon, and it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup shakes out on Sunday. Love it. Um, so what what would you say is your overall expectation for, for how this secondary is going to play against uh, the Titans receivers? Do, do, do the Bengals, uh, the best corners, do they typically follow or do they stay in place? How does that – how does that – how is that handled with the Bengals? Typically not following. Um, typically not. Um, it obviously, it depends on who the team is. Um, but more often than not, you're going to see the Bengals come out in a nickel set on defense. Um, Mike Hilton, their slot corner, ha- is an absolute force on both sides or in both in, in both perspectives of defending the ball from the run and the pass. Um, you're very confident about him 
in pass defense, but you're really excited about what he can do in order to stop the run as well. He's a guy that they're not afraid to blitz um, when they do blitz. Uh, but you're going to see Jesse Bates and Von Bell sit back. They're going to keep the they're going to keep the lid on, which is pretty common in the NFL today. Is is that too high safety look? Um, sometimes you'll see him drop into four, into quarters and stuff like that. But no, you're you're not. It's not like Eli Apple's going to be following Burks or anything like that. Um, the, they might scheme it to get that matchup whenever they can. But honestly, I, if I'm if I'm the Titans, I'm looking to get Traylon against Cam. Uh, for sure, CTB. I want to see that matchup. There's Cam, Cam. On the other hand, he is a rookie, so is Traylon. But he is huge. He's an absolutely massive corner with ball skills. Um, haven't seen a lot of it, but he's a rookie developing for sure. Obviously, with Chidobe Awuze being our corner at the start of the season, you weren't expecting this guy to see much of the field anyway. Uh, but injuries with Chidobe being out for the rest of the season has caused him to to be put into that role um so might see i'm not sure if dax hill is going to be back um i haven't seen the injury report yet today but um that would be interesting to see if they they like to work him in as well and into that slot corner into that safety position get him some reps he's a guy that they can kind of play all over the field you're going to see mostly zone out of the Bengals for sure uh corey Kind of looking at the Titans offense and defense really as a whole, is there anybody that, other than the main guys, you know, Derrick Henry, Traylon Burke, stuff like that, is there anybody that you're worried about or anybody that you look to that's not one of the guys that you really think about to be like, hey, that guy can cause some problems against the Bengals this weekend? I mean, to be honest with you, it's it's not any of the undercard guys, in my opinion. Like, that's not – if you're – like – let me put it to you this way. If Lou Anarumo is going into this game looking at the Titans offense and thinking anything other than I need to hit Ryan Tannehill and I need to stop Derrick Henry, then the Bengals will lose. Um, because if you can do those two things, you have a, a good shot of winning. If you can stop Derrick Henry, if you can take the run game away, make Ryan Tannehill beat you with his arm, which I'm not – again, We I, I do need to clarify this. I'm okay with Ryan Tannehill, all right? I'm okay with Ryan Tannehill. But I'm going to be honest with you, and maybe it's a it's a little bit. He's a middle of the road guy, and that that's okay. That's okay. But that's where he is in my in the echelon yeah. of quarterbacks. He's a middle of the road guy, maybe an upper middle of the road guy. Now with guys like Derek Carr falling out and stuff like that, but that's 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 where he is. So if if you have any wits about you at all, it's it's put it on his arm and make him beat you, make him beat yeah. you against Jesse Bates, make him beat you against a guy like Von Bell, make him throw it over the middle with Jermaine Pratt and, and Logan Wilson there, all the while trying to avoid Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader and BJ Hill and Trey Hendrickson. So, no, I, I there's it's not any of the undercard guys. I'm sure there will be guys that, that will make plays. That's just the way football works. Uh, Hooper is a guy that I would look out for. If you're looking for like a, a prop bet to throw down on Sunday, look at Hooper's receptions. If it's anything under four and a half, I'd hammer it for sure. Uh, he'll be able to get some touches, um, but no, it, it, it's it, it will always be until he retires. Shut down Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Corey. The Bengals beat the Titans. If uh, if the Bengals score more than score twenty-one, more. if they score more than twenty-one. 
I'll put it to you that way. Bengals score more than 21. The Titans have scored 27 points once this season. That was last week. Okay, this isn't this isn't Green Bay's defense coming in here. This is a top 10 defense in the league, statistically speaking. The best second half defense in the league, statistically speaking. Um, this is a team that didn't allow a second half touchdown up until week nine, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it's pretty miraculous uh, what that team can do at a halftime locker room. That that's that's my biggest thing to watch. Is it's a sprint to twenty five. It's a sprint to thirty, really. Uh, from from my perspective, uh, the first team that can score twenty five or thirty points is going to win this football game. I mentioned the Titans; they just now scored twenty seven points. The Bengals have scored twenty seven points for their last five games. Um, so that that's the big thing to watch out is can not necessarily can the Bengals stop the Titans, uh, or can the Titans stop the Bengals? Can the Titans keep pace can they can are they going to get into one of these shootout opportunities and if that's the case that's exactly what the titans don't want to do what the titans want to do they want to sit on the ball right they want to keep joe burrow jamar chase if he's there t higgins all of those weapons keep them on the sideline let them get a little chilly i know we got a nice day coming on sunday though 57 and sunny if i'm not mistaken we got some rain coming the night before so no, no humidity in the air it'll be it'll should be a beautiful nashville day but they want them to sit on that sideline. They want to hand the ball off, methodical offense, and work the ball down the field and chew up as much time as possible and keep this a low-scoring affair. The Titans are going to win this game. This is That's how they got to do it. They got to sit on that football, sit on that football, lean on Derek. I agree. I think. I mean, I think one of the one of the key things coming into this game is going to be <clears throat> starting field position for this Bengals offense. Um, I I think the best rookie on the team this season is is the Titans punter uh, Ryan Stonehouse. Um, so you know we got two rookie punters in this in this game. Yeah, man, we do. Yeah. Wow, and possibly yeah. a new kicker as well for the Titans. No yeah. fat Randy. Uh, possibly not. Possibly uh, not. Titans uh, opened the window for their undrafted rookie Caleb Shudak today, so that'll be interesting, but. Yeah, I think Ron Stonehouse uh, is going to be key in this game to to try to pin you know Joe Burrow deep and and try to get some uh, some field starting field position advantage um, against that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's football one hundred and one, right? Is what what can you do to make it as hard as possible for the other team to put points on the board? Obviously, the Bengals feel comfortable that. They get to the 40, that's points, right? I think that that's where they're at from from the leg of Evan McPherson is that you get to the 40-yard line, you feel like you've got at least three. So if the Titans, excuse me, the Titans are able to to keep the the Bengals pinned back, they can, you know, get a, a quick stop on first down, you know, make it a, a second and eight, then maybe they're forcing an incompletion from Joe Burrow, uh, an obvious passing situation where they're able to put the, pin their ears back and run at them and, and things like that. That that's going to obviously bode well for them, and and the same goes the other way, right? Uh, both of these quarterbacks are notoriously good decision makers, so I don't see this being an interception affair. I don't, for instance, I don't see Jesse Bates picking the ball off on the first play of the game this time, no, so that's going to be a, a a massive change. Uh, Derrick Henry's a lot healthier than the last time that these teams matched up for sure. That being said, I've seen this offense kind of transition away from the workload that he's typical to, I just kind of scanned through the last four games. And I think only two of them, he broke a hundred yards in, which I, let me be very clear is not a knock on Derrick Henry. It's just atypical for the fucking cyborg that he is. You're right. 
so it, it's not I'm, not I'm not saying anything uh uh poorly about the king don't don't take that wrong nashville they're gonna be waiting for me with pitchforks and torches <laughs> and i get down i-75 but um yeah. and no it's uh it, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a close game. I think the spread is accurate. Um, one and a half. I think, I think it's going to be a tight game for sure, man. I'm, I'm absolutely excited, man. That, that, that stadium, I, I had a lot of friends that went down to Nissan for this game, the divisional round game. They had nothing but great things to say about uh, Nashville and Titans fans. Everybody was very respectful. I'm sure you, you know, there's stories of bad apples all over the place, sure. uh, but, but, that's that's kind of one of the nice things is you know not having to deal with Steelers fans, not having to deal with Browns fans and things like that. I don't have to I don't have to to tolerate their nonsense. Broncos fans too, man. Oh, they my. they they sucked a couple oh, weeks ago, man. They were not fun. Oh, God. oh you know what you call you call them the donkeys. Just call yeah. them the donkeys. They like that. But no, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Field position is going to be absolutely absolutely pivotal. Um, and and decision making, play calling. It's it's there. There isn't a whole lot of room for error here, guys. I agree. And going back to your point, you you brought it up. Uh, the Bengals have the, the best second half defense. I don't know if you've watched much of the Titans games this year. But they have the probably the worst second half offense. And there's a there's a, a period of games where they score point in the second half. Um, so those, that's a match made in heaven for for you guys. Um. But I agree. Thinking about it, you know, kind of what I want to talk about tonight. That was one of the things was uh, time of possession um, and, and controlling the clock for most of the game and making sure that Joe Burrow does not have the ball in his hands um, for a game-winning drive um, and and just kind of keeping the ball out of his hands throughout the game. So controlling the clock, running the ball with Derrick Henry. And like you said, he's been off the last couple of weeks, but it's kind of because the passing game has improved at times. Not a bad thing for a Titans fan, but no. – um, to, to, to kind of, you know, win a game, you gotta get this offense always runs through 22. So, mm. um, I think that's important to got to get him going and, 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 um, uh, get him some carries in the first half. I think that defense is, has been, has played well. Um, and it's, it might kind of carry the offense, honestly, even when you guys, you know, without Tannehill, you got Malik Willis out there, um, does a hell of a job handing the ball off, by the way. Um, it's just, <laughs> Is the, losing the Chiefs in overtime by three on the yeah. road? Tough. I mean, that, that's no slouch, man. That's that's right. a that's a that's a hell of an effort by a team that you know <laughs> rookie quarterback first starts going into Arrowhead on a prime time. Good fucking luck, buddy. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but um, it, yeah. So I, you know that that defense is is, is massive. It's absolutely huge. Um, yeah, not much more I can say on it. Chris, you got anything else? I don't think so. All right, Brett, uh, Brett hopped out. Excited for it. Excited for it. I'm too. I'm pumped for it for sure. Um, so Corey, I know you're a big NFL fan too. I'm, we're the same way. We follow. I follow everything around the league. Um, some shit popped off this past weekend. I think uh, just around the league, different different things. Mm. Um, Cowboys absolutely dominating and beating the shit out of the Vikings. That was they so did. surprising. Felt before so the good. game, before the game, you see the line. I'm thinking, what does Vegas know? Like what that that was weird. A, one and a half point favorite, just kind of like the Bengals Titans game Sunday, but like, what what happened? What's the deal? And then it's a thirty seven point uh, demolition by the the Cowboys. Um, they contenders, pretenders. What do you what do you feel about the Cowboys? Cowboy, oh, absolutely contenders, absolutely. I think so yeah, too. No doubt in my mind. I think they're one of the. I think there's it's the Eagles and the Cowboys and the NFC and then everybody else. Um, I don't think the tight. Excuse me. I don't think the Vikings are legit at all. 
Um, they have not beaten a competent football team all no. season. And the two teams that they've faced that are competent, the Eagles and the Cowboys, beat the absolute dog shit out of them both times. I, I have no confidence in Kirk Cousins unless it's 1 p.m. I fade the Vikings so hard if they're playing at any other time slot other than 1 p.m. Eastern. 100%. Um, all right, so you said the only two teams that you think are contenders in the NFC are the Cowboys and Eagles. What about the 49ers? Because 40- they are saying that you got to give them the credit, right? Yeah, but if I was a psychiatric evaluator, I'd give them schizophrenia diagnosis because I don't know who the fuck that team is, man. It's absolutely insane. They have the benefit of being in one of the worst divisions in the NFC right now um, in that the Rams um, have essentially gotten Ebola. Um, the Seahawks, I have no faith in the, in the Seahawks and going no. the distance. It's been no. cute. It's been fun. I've enjoyed watching Geno Smith throw 70% for the entire season, which is phenomenal. Kenneth Walker the third is probably the most exciting he's probably rookie of the year offensive rookie of the year in my opinion kenneth walker the third right now obviously there's still seven games of football relative to when you've had your bye but i think it's been uh it's in the cardinals dude i mean is it a coincidence that kyler murray's been hurt ever since the new call of duty came out i don't know maybe it is maybe (laughs) it is i don't know i don't know but um Shout out to Colt McCoy for getting me a fantasy win last night. I had to stream him with Kyler being out, but um, no, it, it, I have no faith in that in that division whatsoever. Um, and, and the the 49ers are just a team that I I haven't seen a consistent consistent level of play out of them for most of the season. When I'm looking at a team like the Eagles, obviously, excuse me, taking a a, a knock on the mouth, but and I look at a team like a Cowboys consistently playing great football and I, and I think they're just a, a tier above the rest of the, the conference for sure most sacks in the NFL this season yeah their defense is uh is definitely um a big reason why they're they're playing so well and then you got to credit to Tony Pollard I think they have a decision to make not to harp on the Cowboys but no, they work, you know, America's team and um a lot of a lot of good pieces uh, I think they have a decision to make at the end of the year of what they do with Tony Pollard and Zeke mm. moment, how long have I been saying this Austin yeah Tony yeah. Pollard's the Tony Pollard's the best running back on that offense, uh, and has been. It's not a new thing. Uh, he's a he's a better uh, a better player across the board than Ezekiel Elliott right now, uh, and he proved it on Sunday. He was electric. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I think it's been that case for about three years now that Tony Pollard Agreed. has kind of asserted himself as the better running back, and you know, call it injuries to Zeke, call it whatever you will, call it scheme. Tony Pollard's getting more opportunities as a pass catcher and things like that. But at the end of the day, you look at production, you look at numbers. It's it's been Tony Pollard, and that offense scores more from a statistical standpoint when Tony Pollard is on the field than does when Ezekiel Elliott is the running back. The thing that the Cowboys are in is kind of that Amari Cooper trip bag right now where you've thrown so much goddamn money at Ezekiel Elliott, you'd be an absolute idiot not to use that asset until you get the absolute most appreciation out of it. It just would be silly for them to put Zeke on the sideline. So it here's the thing. Tony Pollard is a much easier asset to get rid of. So from a trade standpoint, Tony Pollard is a million percent the option that I see the Cowboys going because – He's an easier piece. Your return on that asset is way higher. Another thing, guys, like, and I know this might sound a little weird. I know you got a, a, a Titans fan base here. This is going to maybe sting a little bit. Running backs don't win Super Bowls. They don't. They don't at all. Look at the Rams last year. You can't even tell me they're who the running back is going to be week to week. It, it, it's not about running backs, guys. It, it just isn't. 
it's it's a quarterback's league and a pass rusher's league. That's it. I had a buddy yeah. that's been preaching that to me uh, for a long time that the Titans will never win a Super Bowl with Derrick Henry, and I'm like, I don't know, right? But like, I don't know. I don't know that that's. Like, I think I'm I'm comfortable saying with Ryan Tannehill. Sure. Now you get a different quarterback in there. Is maybe that that's that's different. You know what I mean? I think it's it's more. It's not that good running backs hurt your team. What it is is it's that it. If, if your offense is dependent on the success of a guy that's probably going to miss about three and a half games a year, that's not great. That's not great. When you're susceptible to your offense being productive on one person being there, that's not your quarterback. That's that's just that spells a recipe for disaster. Not only that, you're looking at guys like Alvin Kamara. You're looking at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who were that last wave of mega running back contracts you're not seeing those anymore you get the new wave of like the joe mixon deal for the Bengals and the nicholas chubb deal for the browns might be the only time anyone's called him nicholas in like fucking a decade but i just just did when you and you get these deals coming in that are kind of a new era of running back and you start seeing it across the league that's what everyone's signing now it's not these ultra cap cancers that were ezekiel elliott and, and alvin kamara and Obviously, the Cowboys are playing good football, but look at the look at the Saints right now. I mean, going into this last season from uh, a cap perspective, they're just letting people go because they had to clear room before opening day. Uh, I hate to keep sticking with the Cowboys, but there is one more point I want to make on them, and that's Micah Parsons. Uh, it's amazing what one player, one, one elite player, can do for a defense. Mm-hmm. And he's completely revolutionized that defense. I think if there's any defensive player in the league right now that I could add to the Titans roster, it would be Micah Parsons. Yeah, uh, the guys is elite level uh, and is still so young in the league and and is just going to keep getting better. Uh, I just wanted to say that while we're still talking about the Cowboys. No, I agree. I think, he's got, I think he's got a couple of defensive player of the year awards in him down the road. He's so young and so raw, and he's only like you said, Chris, only going to get better. Um, who wins the AFC East? Honestly, in my opinion, it's still it, it runs through Buffalo. I, I think, think so yeah, this is. I mean, I I have no faith whatsoever in in the Jets. I think we've seen you know the entire both New York teams. Honestly, I think the the apple the Big Apple has turned rotten a little bit here. Um, but I think if there is a team that's going to contest with it, it's not the Patriots. I think it's the Dolphins. I think so too. And they play Buffalo again week 15 in Buffalo. Um, so most likely that's going to come down to the division, the tiebreaker. Um, I wonder what's the coldest game Tua has ever played in his career. Ever started. The coldest game that Tua has ever started. It's a good question. I remember, they, they, Thank we, you. Titans, Titans played the Dolphins last season, and it was in December. I think it might have been the, the first January game, Chris, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one of those two. Um, and so the balmy 52. Something like that. <laughs> it was like low 40s, high 30s. So I doubt that was it. Um, I don't, that's a good question, though. I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm just interested in – I mean, it, it, it's dependent on who the quarterback is as to whether or not that's going to be a massive factor for that person. Um, no. But just the way – I know the way that uh, the Dolphins like to play football on the offensive side of is spread it out and throw it and let Tua run it and, you know, get the ball, get him out of the pocket and throw in the football deep. And that 
that football doesn't travel to Buffalo well at the end of the year is all I'm saying. Like you, you need to be able to run the ball consistently. And it's not to say that they haven't been able to do that. I mean, um, Raheem has been a, a great addition to that offense for sure, but it's uh, it'll, it'll be interesting when, when things start getting hairy weather-wise, how effective that, that play calling scheme is uh, for the Dolphins. All right, I'm going to give you four teams, Corey, and I want you to okay. tell me what two are going to make the playoffs. Okay. Patriots, Bengals, Jets, Chargers. I only think one of those is making the playoffs, and I think it's the Bengals, to be honest with you. I don't think the Chargers are a good football team. Um, but if I had to pick another one, it's going to be the Patriots. God, they're so just so up and down, man. They, they, they are. Play a boring style of football. I love Ramadre Stevenson. Oh, the owner, so Ramadre's the dude. He's he's awesome. So I love watching him, obviously. But outside of that, they are such a they're, they offense. are They're an up-and-down team, but um, they're a team that's just good enough. Yep. <laughs> I think yep. I, I, out of those four, if I had, I think the Bengals are. So like when I'm looking at five and six, and this maybe is what you, you did. You looked at six and four and five and five teams. When I'm looking at those teams right there in that pick, I think the Bengals are heads and shoulders above sure, all agree. the rest of those teams yep. in terms of like, they can beat anyone. Um, I, I feel okay going. I'm not saying that they'll just walk into Buffalo and beat Buffalo or walk into Arrowhead and, and take one from Patrick Mahomes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they can beat any team. They could beat any team. I, I don't think that the, the Chargers are a team that can go into Allen Park and beat, or excuse me, wherever they are in in, uh, in New York and, and, and beat the Bills. I just I don't see that happening. Um, the Chargers are a team that consistently underperform um, and, and – uh, hot take, maybe you heard it here first on second and V, but I'm telling you right now that Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. This team doesn't make the playoffs. He's on the hot seat for sure. I I I I believe that. I think that <laughs> you are in a you are in a quarterback window right now, Los Angeles Chargers, and you have one of the best young quarterbacks yep. from a talent perspective. This would be his third season not making the playoffs, and I, I'm a little little. Uh, jaded here because I constantly catch this bullshit that Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are on the same level. Next question. No, they're not. I, I did. I had a conversation at work today about that, and somebody tried to tell me Herbert's better than Burrow, and I'm like, you're out your fucking mind. Out of your mind. It's not even a debate. I'm with you, though, especially after the way uh, the game ended last season with the Raiders and Chargers. Like, you, know, you played yourself out of a playoff did. spot. You did. That was and on top of that. On top of that, look at all the moves the Chargers made in the offseason to, exactly. to improve exactly. that team, improve that roster. Specifically yeah, I, the defense. And yeah. they're they're yeah. terrible. They are a yeah. terrible defense. Yeah. Horrendous. Especially giving up that touchdown late last night. Uh, or was it, I'm sorry, on, on Sunday night. I mean, you get, what, a minute and a half? I mean, obviously the Bills know what that's like giving some time to Patrick Mahomes. But, uh-huh. uh, I mean, and you just can't get a stop, one stop. You can't do it. Crazy. We've been. To, I, I mean, the rumor out there's been uh, Sean Payton to the Cowboys, right? Mm. Uh, McCarthy was up and down. I think a lot of Cowboys fans wanted his head, but at this point, you can't get rid of McCarthy. Like he's. I mean, he's. You know, he's, he's doing well. Um, I'll tell you the one situation where it happens. If they do, what, more. Well, they do what the Cowboys do, and they lose in the first round. Possibly, yeah, absolutely. They lose another wild card game, yeah, for sure. I mean, the same thing was happening last year, guys. We're watching the Dallas Cowboys going into the playoffs, and we're like, this team is going to run over San Francisco. 
and it didn't happen. <laughs> yep. I was getting Sean Payton. Though, could you imagine him coaching the Chargers? Justin Herbert, kind of like the, it's kind of like a reincarnation of like Drew Brees in New Orleans. Sure, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I could imagine him. I could imagine him coaching in a few spots, to be honest. But that that makes a lot of sense. You got a young talent. I think you have a, a talent that's massively different in terms of the way that he plays the game of football than Drew Brees. Yeah, did. for sure. Um, this is you, this is a guy that's got you know a, a RPG attached to his shoulder. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be that could be exciting for sure. I think if you are, you're looking at a team that has all the tools and you need a guy that can revamp a defense, Sean Payton is absolutely the guy that can help do that and bring in the people that can help do that. Bring in a veteran defensive coordinator to help change the culture of that defense because you know for a long time it was they can't stop the run, they can't stop the run. So what do they go out and do? They get a corner and they get a pass rusher. Like, yep. you're, you're not solving the problem here, boys. Yep. All right, Chris. I think it's time. It's time for Name That Titan, presented by Spencer Montgomery, realtor and auctioneer. All right. So, y'all got my ass last week at the last minute, like the buzzer beat. I did. I did. Shout Man. out to you on that one. Um, all right. Corey, play along if you want to do. I, I didn't want to go too, like I said, too, too hard in the archives. Because uh, I don't want to start giving hints of somebody you just had no idea of who this player is. So I, it's a like I said, it's a household name. Both of you should know this player. Uh, so I'm going to drop some hints, and you guys guess as I go. Here we go. Uh, he was drafted in the second round of the 2010 NFL draft. Jared Cook. I think he was oh oh nine. He was oh nine. I actually looked looked Jerry Cook's stats up the other day to see what he's doing now. You know, he spent the like the majority of his career for one team as was with the Titans four years, really. And then every other team's been two or three or two. He was a he was a journeyman for sure. For sure, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Cook's wrong though. Uh, good guess. Um, he was a Pro Bowler and second team All Pro in 2013. Pro Bowler, second team All Pro in 2013. I'll give you this hint too. He was not drafted by the Titans. Ah, uh, okay. Not drafted. Where's by he the at? Okay. Pro Bowler, 2010 second round pick. 2010 second round at a Pro Bowler. Hmm. Okay. All right. I don't have a guess then right now. All right. Uh, he was a triple threat. Uh, he ran the ball, he caught the ball, and he also returned the ball. Devin Hester. And was – if Devin Hester put up the Titans, then Dude, I, I – No, no, shit. What is his fucking name? God damn it. Hold on. He's pretty good at all three. I think Corey's going to get me if he, if he thinks of the guy. Why it's just Josh Cribbs is coming in my head, but I don't think he yeah. played for the Titans. No, he didn't. Um, fuck. Ran the ball, caught the ball, and then returned the ball. Ran the ball. the ball, caught the ball, and returned the ball. Stats don't really matter. If I give you stats, they're just meaningless. Mm-mm. Ran the ball, caught the ball, returned Ran the ball. Ran the ball. So he's a running back. 
Or is he a linebacker? Or is he a Is he a yeah. What is he? I, I'm trying yeah. to throw you off here. He ran the ball. All like, right, so that would have been in between Mark Mariani's tenure, if I'm not mistaken, as returner. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> Darius right. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give you another hint. Uh, he played for the Titans in 2014 and 2015. Wow. 2014, 2015. Hmm. Man. Man. The college is fun. Are, listeners are yelling at me right now. It might be. Can I get a college? <sighs> Can I get a guess? Any guess? <laughs> oh, man. 2014-2015. That's hard. Like the low lights. That's like right before the Titan franchise turned around. Yeah. It's like 2-14, 3-13 and thir- years. Yeah. I went to every fucking game. Miss me with that shit. 2014-2015 was Marcus's first year? 15 was. And this guy uh, received handoffs from Marcus. Bishop Sankey. No, I don't know. Good guess. All right, I'll give you college, and then, and then I'm done. And this might give it away. Damn. Ole Miss. I got nothing, man. Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Damn. When I say it, you'd be like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's a, if it's a guy, you know, he's explosive like that. He's returning kicks. He's running the ball. Uh, I'm sure the name is just going to pop right off. Right and a second team all pro. Like, he has to be legit. Leon Washington last week, and now this. What's up with you and returners? I'm, I can't believe you fucking guessed that last week. Mm. Uh, I think I stumped you. Yeah, you 100%. Him, dude. I don't hey. know. Dexter McCluster. McCluster. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Ran into Des- I ran into Dexter McCluster on my freaking uh, bachelor party night. That's pretty cool. That's hype. Damn. That's pretty cool. Dexter I, I never I never would have even thought about him. That's a good one. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I feel like the Rally Tow Boys would have would have carried me a little bit better on that one for sure. Uh, especially our boy Todd. Shout out to Todd. Uh, the, the guy is a fucking walking Britannica uh, in terms of knowledge. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's a human back of a baseball card for sure. It's hilarious. Uh, predictions? Yeah, so, Corey, the last thing we always do on the, the show was a ball prediction for uh, the game, the mm-hmm. upcoming game. You are more than welcome to give us a Bengals ball prediction. We can, we can get careless. Sure, uh, we go bold. Like, these don't usually hit. So All right. I'm gonna go. I was wrong last week. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go. So last year divisional game, Titans put the heat on Joe Burrow nine sacks. Um, I'm gonna go. They sack Burrow six times Sunday. Right. Wow, uh, pretty bad. I did have to hop off. I'm gonna go ahead and throw his out there. He said Titans pick off Joe Burrow twice. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with a rookie here. Uh, Traylon has his second 100 yard game and a touchdown. Nice. I like it. That's pretty bold. Very cool. 
Um, my prediction, my bold prediction will be that Trey Hendrickson has three sacks. I like that. I do too. I like Trey. When uh, when he's a free agent, Chris and I wanted him really bad. Yeah, I think uh, Bengals just threw a shit ton of money at it. A lot of people balked at that when it, when they did it, but it's it's proven to, to be right. a pretty good investment. Kind of like bidding on a Madden. You're like, shit. Uh, okay, yeah. we got him now. Same with DJ Reader, who's another guy that we just got him back last week. That's another guy the Bengals just they made him the highest paid nose tackle in football, and he's he's been an absolute fucking unit. So oh, I think Simmons about to reset the market. And yeah. yes, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. I think Big so. T- you think they're gonna pay him? Definitely. I think yeah. uh, it's it's been an ongoing discussion that we talked about since the AJ Brown trade. I think one of the reasons they got rid of AJ just because they couldn't pay both AJ and yeah. Jeff. So if they don't pay Jeff, then we are all becoming Bengals fans with you. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. I'll jump shit. If that's the case. <laughs> all right. So, well, Corey, dude, we appreciate you coming on and, and joining us tonight and, and bullshit with us. Again, this is Corey James with at Riley Tal Sports. Get them on Twitter at Riley underscore Tal underscore S. We appreciate the time, man. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'll come back anytime you'll have me. And, of course, we'll have to get you on when the inevitable does happen and the Bengals and Titans are meeting in another division round. Hope, maybe it's a conference championship. That'd I would hell. love that. It'd be fucking that, fun. That, that'd be it's a lot a, of fun. It's a short enough drive where we can both make it. And, How about uh, this? You let us host this time, okay? <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, it's always a good time connecting with you guys, and, and thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate man. you being on. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the weekend in Nashville, and uh, live it up, man. Thank you. Tighten up. Tighten up. Give a hoot if you want to, Corey. We don't mind it. Hoot! There you go. <laughs>